Hello and good morning. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Absolutely fantastic. Very excited to talk with you because this book right here really steps into the imagination and it leaves something there. It, it leaves it to the point where you go, I want to have more. I want to have more from this author because this author knows how to get to me. Oh, thank you so much. That's awesome to hear. I'm really uh, happy to, to hear that. Um, I often say that my goal is to write like um, fast food. <laughs> which you kind of touched on there. I want to, you know, I want you to, to start reading and, and just keep reading and devouring it, just like fast food. And then afterwards, I want you to feel a little uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, I want it to sit with you for a bit, like a lump kind of, you know, in your mind versus your stomach. And then I want you to come back for more. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> One author to another author. How did this idea come to you? Because, I mean, was it out on a walk? Was it a dream? Was it a simple thought? Uh, because something like this doesn't just fall in your lap. Yeah, it was, you know, I really wanted to, most of my books have been told from the perspective of women, and I wanted to write something from the perspective of men. Yeah. And this was a good way to explore that, you know, the, the con, and I, what I really wanted to touch on was how men react to losing something they've lost. And, and in this case, it's three men who have lost, uh, in different ways, women close to them. Yeah. yeah and that to me is the roller coaster ride. And, 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 and it's like, it's like, but the thing about it is, though, it's not a down, down. It, what it is, it's a down I can relate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, that, that's great to hear, you know, because I, it means I did, I did my job right. But also, um, it, I don't think men are captured very well in, in crime fiction or even in literature. Right. You know, we're just kind of like the cliched version of a man where you walk out of the street and you're like, oh, car which is kind of how we are but there's we react you know in other ways and that's what I wanted to portray so but when as as the author when you're sitting there in that writing space you have to feel the emotion before we receive the emotion what I can't imagine what you go through Oh, you know, it's weird. I, I feel, you know, I do so many drafts and I do so many revisions <laughs> that eventually that's kind of, you get immune to it, you know, and you don't realize like how somebody's going to react reading it the first time. Um, I, I think when I've, when I've hit something good, it's when I still feel something after the 10th or 20th or 50th revision, you know, where it still, it still has a, a, a power to, to move me. Is that a perfectionist stepping into the game? I think so. Yeah. You know, nobody's tougher on my writing than me, yep. and I'm always going to be brutal about it. So, I don't, I, I don't ever really know what you know uh, done feels like because I can always <laughs> revise. I can always edit. So, are you like me though? Do you, you save every draft right and you give it its own title? No, and what? I should. I really oh admire that. I respect that a lot. That oh. is really good. Yeah, because we always, you know, it always reminds me of Paul McCartney with uh, uh, Let It Be. You know, it started out as scrambled eggs, but somewhere along the line, those those lyrics have got to be on, on a page instead of him singing scrambled eggs. I, uh, you know, I have kind of a Kafka approach where I just want to burn all of my early <laughs> stuff. <laughs> you know, I don't want anyone to see it or see how it came about. I, and I, I don't, I, I mean, it, it'd be good. It would be better. I remember I had a teacher in the 90s who was really against students using computers yeah. because he was like, you're going to lose all those drafts. And that wasn't a bad point. You know, I, 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 
I've done that. I've yeah. lost all those drafts. Yeah, I, what I do is I, I usually grab, I go out and buy my own, an, a new writing instrument, and that writing instrument is the only one that can be used on that project because I believe the writing instrument is the one telling the story. I'm just the one that's pushing the ink into the page. Yeah, that's such an interesting approach to it. And I, you know, and I know writers who, who have their own, you know, uh, routine that really puts them in the mindset yeah. of a new book. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah. a great approach. You know, uh, speaking of great ap- approaches, uh, Lucky Wilson is somebody that, you know, a lot of guys, you know, especially male readers will go, oh, man, you know, I want to be a hit man. I want to be tough. I want to be rough. But but <laughs> Lucky Wilson, man, I, I kind of like the edge you give him when he's he's, he's reluctant. I, I like that about him. Yeah, yeah, he um the thing with Lucky is that, you know, the the reluctant hitman is a bit of a trope and a kind of a comic trope, you yeah. know, like it's it's sort of funny to have a hitman who doesn't want to do their job. And I've seen that. So with Lucky, I, I wanted to write that character, but I didn't want him to be a caricature. Oh, and yeah. the way to avoid that I thought was he's gotta have he's got he can't he's gotta have more than a caricature. He's gotta have real emotion. And and for Lucky and what leads to this conflict is the love and devotion he has to his family. And, you know, I wanted to write a book where love was something that was real and vivid mm-hmm. and felt. Mm-hmm. And, I, mm-hmm. you know, in crime fiction, typically we see the dissolution of love. I wanted to see kind of a celebration. Yeah, yeah. And and listeners need to understand that, I mean, this, this really plays out like a real story. First the love affair, then the decision to flee the crime family. I mean, right away, you had my attention. I'm going, oh, I could see this as a drama on Netflix. <laughs> Oh, I hope Netflix is listening. That would be awesome. (laughs) You know what? I got to give you kudos on something. And that is, I love the way that you're able to bring in all nationalities. And and you're not afraid to, I mean, most people like to keep it one group of people. Not not you. Not not EA. (laughs) Yeah, no. I mean, part of that's because I'm not one group of people, right? Mm -hmm. I'm I'm mixed. I was born in Panama. uh, Half my family is still there. My dad is from America, and we, you know, traveled all around when I was growing up, and that informed a lot of of what I see, of how I see the world. But also, there was an importance in, you know, I was always the only mixed kid in a lot of my yep. classes yep. growing up. I was in small towns, military towns, and and I didn't feel like I had a voice when I started writing. And then I realized, you know, this country is full of people who are just like me, you know, adults or younger who are, who are mixed in sort of a beautiful diversity of America. And I need to, uh, and, and that's a voice that, that I have. That's what I can represent. Who did you envision Chris Winters to be? I mean, for Melissa to go in there and dim his spotlight, it was like, Oh, Oh, come on, Melissa. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, for me, he was a bit of a, a complex character because he had to be somebody that she would genuinely love, but someone that she also would desperately want to leave. So the idea of the concept, you know, it, it hit me that they have to meet before he gets into this world. Yeah. So they they meet when he's when they're younger, they grow together and they grow apart. And that, to me, seemed like a very organic way to have the characters uh, end up separating. Listen, we, we, I'm going to give the listeners a, a, a cliffhanger here because I want them to, to know about Chris as well as Lucky Wilson. But what they need to do is they need to go in there and find out what Jake is all about. And really, will they feel the color of his eyes and, and, and the attraction that Melissa had for him? Yeah, I hope, you know, I mean, that's the, that's the thing. Jake is, you know, Jake, I, I like writing about, you know, my, my book, 
part of this one featured a jazz musician and, and Chris uh, Jake is a photographer and you know that that's really important to him but I love that he's this beginning artist because that's yeah. like a real lovely place for people when they start their their you know when they start a love or even when they're in love right the start of it is is just irreplaceable and that's where Jake is so I hope that that resonates you know, with people and they, and they find like, you know, kind of an idealistic love in him. I hope you write more books like this from the perspective of men. I really do, because I think men are going to be drawn to this story. I really am so proud of you for taking a chance on that. No, thanks so much. Yeah, it was a bit of a departure, but I, it's one that felt very natural to me. So I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Well, please come back to the show anytime in the future, Mr. EA, because I've got a door that's always going to be open for you. I'll be back next week. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I love you, Alan, dude. You'd be brilliant today. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate this.